fiercely, I'd like to thank you for taking the time to read our post today. The post is about the reoccurring National Terrorism Advisory System Bulletin. The government releases these bulletins every few years to stoke the flames of fear in the average American. Of course my subscribers are not the average American. Secondly, well, there is no second point. Please let me know what you think in the comments section. As always, I try to produce content about newsworthy events the mainstream media isn't reporting on. Thanks again, Editor. Have you ever sent a tweet criticizing a policy President Joe Biden was thinking about passing? Have you ever posted an article on Facebook that was critical of the Democratic Party? Or the Republican Party? Or even Joe Manchin? Don't be surprised if an unmarked black helicopter swoops down in the middle of the night and swoops you away to a CIA black site to be subjected to some enhanced interrogation techniques. You might be subjected to deafening noise, exposed to sleep disruption or sleep deprivation, or deprived of food, drink, and medical care. Let's don't forget about waterboarding. And to make you think twice before you post anything critical of your government, by the way elected to serve you, there's sexual humiliation. Several detainees at Guantanamo Bay Detention Camp, also known as Gitmo, endured medically unnecessary rectal rehydration, rectal fluid resuscitation, and rectal feeding. Free speech is now considered terrorism. The Department of Homeland Security released a memo, the National Terrorism Advisory System Bulletin on February 7 which basically turns every American into a terrorist. Secretary of Homeland Security Alejandro Marquez stated that this bulletin was fueled by multiple factors. These factors according to Marquez include an online environment filled with false or misleading narratives and conspiracy theories, and other forms of mis dis and malinformation MDM, introduced and or amplified by foreign and domestic threat actors. The DHS secretary added, foreign and domestic threat actors seek to exacerbate societal friction to sow discord and undermine public trust in government institutions to encourage unrest, which could potentially inspire acts of violence. The wording in the DHS isn't as bulletin is so broad it appears to include constitutionally protected free speech along with violent activity. So. If you were to post something criticizing your government you could in theory be in the same class as someone who commits a mass shooting. You could be considered a domestic threat actor. What is misdis and malinformation, MDM? According to the DHS, MDM makes up what the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, CISA, defines as information activities. This is how the DHS and CISA defines MDM. Misinformation is false, but not created or shared with the intention of causing harm. Disinformation is deliberately created to mislead, harm, or manipulate a person, social group, organization, or country. Malinformation is based on fact, but used out of context to mislead, harm, or manipulate. The two words which stand out to me at least are the words domestic and online environment. These two words, if you take into consideration social media sites issuing strikes, suspending accounts, deleting content, and even banning podcasters for any utterances about COVID-19 which doesn't tow the government's official policies towards the virus and the pandemic. In my opinion, the MDM is partly in response to all the so-called COVID misinformation on the Internet.
The Internet has been overwhelmed with misinformation and conflicting information from not only the CDC, the NIH, the WHO, Bill Gates, Dr. Anthony Fauci, and even our own government. Also, the NTES Bulletin comes on the heels of several failed attempts to not just censor but to ban Joe Rogan from Spotify and all platforms for his perceived abuses of the MDM. President Joe Biden is no fan of free speech or open discourse. I believe his presidency will do everything it can to put limitations on, if not outright ban it. Vintas Bulletin is just another attempt by the Biden administration to curb open discourse. Biden's transition team is on board with the president when it comes to censorship. Within his team for the United States Agency for Global Media, Biden has enlisted Richard Stengel as a team lead, who has in the past been criticized for his criticism of unfettered, free speech. Richard Stengel wants to redefine freedom of speech and make hate speech a crime. Stengel wrote last year in a Washington Post op-ed, All speech is not equal. And where truth cannot drive out lies, we must add new guardrails. I'm all for protecting thought that we hate, but not speech that incites hate. The only way to battle the mythical hate speech is with more, non-hate, speech. But that's just me. What do I know? President Biden's disdain for social media and Facebook in particular has led, Biden, on a crusade to destroy free speech on the Internet. I've never been a fan of Facebook, Biden says. I've never been a big Zuckerberg fan, I think he's a real problem. I suspect Zuckerberg became a real problem for Biden when Zuckerberg rejected Biden's request to reject some political ads. Shortly afterwards, Zuckerberg said the company's policies were grounded in Facebook's fundamental belief in free expression, respect for the democratic process, and the belief that, in mature democracies with a free press, political speech is already arguably the most scrutinized speech there is. And hence a new battle in Biden's war on open discourse and free speech on the Internet commences. In an interview with The Times, Biden has called for revoking Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act of 1996. Section 230 is a 26-word mandate, signed by President Bill Clinton and widely referred to as the Digital Magna Carta. As a side note, Section 230 is a landmark U.S. law that shields social media companies from liability for content their users post. The key piece of Section 230 is just 26 words. No provider or user of an interactive computer service shall be treated as the publisher or speaker of any information provided by another information content provider. Section 230 should be revoked, immediately should be revoked, number one. For Zuckerberg and other platforms, says Biden, ironically, former President Donald Trump agrees that Section 230 should be revoked. The elimination of Section 230 protections for the entire Internet would significantly impact the future of American democracy. Domestically, changing Section 230 could cause havoc. Companies such as Airbnb could be sued for negative ads on their app. Also, video conferencing services like Zoom could be held liable for inappropriate content displayed on a call, forcing Zoom to monitor content. Individuals could be sued by restaurants and such for giving their establishments negative reviews and thus a Pandora's box would be opened. You could be sued. Eliminating or even changing Section 230 a bit would set off a wave of perpetual litigation.
Jeff Kosf, a lawyer and assistant professor in the Cyber Science Department at the U.S. Naval Academy, is the author of The 26 Words That Created the Internet, a 300-page history of Section 230. The modern Internet is built on the foundation of Section 230, he writes toward the end of the book. To eliminate Section 230 would require radical changes to the Internet. These changes could cause the Internet to collapse on itself. The Internet without 230 would be an Internet in which litigation threats could silence the truth. Robust political speech, the core protected speech of the First Amendment, is a precondition for a self-governing people. Remove political speech, and the end result is total ruling class control of the ideological sphere, and ultimately one-party rule. Attempts to infringe upon our right to free speech, either directly or by proxy, under the guise of a war on domestic violent extremism are not only unconstitutional, but fundamentally un-American.